Welcome back, everybody, to Down for the Count. I'm your girl, Tiffany E. And on behalf of Alexis and Nicole, we'd like to welcome you back to our podcast. So today's podcast is going to be a little unique. We're going to talk about the Saudi show, the invasion on SmackDown, as well as the Saudi debacle with the whole wrestlers being trapped in Saudi Arabia for some time and then having to come over the next day. We're going to talk about all of that, give you all the details that we've known. There have also been some new stuff that has come out. We will discuss that on the next podcast recording. So I hope you guys enjoy this podcast and I'll see you guys in a bit. So this is the only, so we are going to talk, discuss briefly about, um, the Saudi event. And when I say the Saudi event, we're just going to talk about the women because again, um, so on Wednesday morning, cause the paper, the Saudi show was on Thursday. Uh-huh. Yes. Um, it was announced via press conference that Lacey Evans and Natalia would be having a match in Saudi Arabia. And it was was it it was awesome. Yeah. Every so every show, so every Saudi show that they have, they always would bring women just in case it gets allowed. I think every show they've always brought women. I think Natalia has been the one who's at least has gone to almost most of them. Yeah, Just that's in case. Natalia that was there. Yeah. They usually, she, I don't know who's gone the other time, but I know Natalia is usually there. Yeah. I, I think they tried the year before Natty went to get Renee in, but they were like, no. No, Renee was there. Okay. Renee, she was on commentary. She was there last year doing the commentary. Okay. Uh, shows you how much I pay attention to the non-canon Saudi shows. <laughs> um, the only other thing that we will mention about it besides the women's match that The Fiend won. The evil of Seth Rollins was destroyed. <laughs> you are so evil, girl. That is some bullshit right there. That's okay. <laughs> he just needs to go home for a little bit. Just take a break. Take a Sasha break. Go home for a little bit. But well, you said yeah. he was, he went to Dubai like right afterwards. So maybe oh, yeah. oh yeah. Becky was already there. So I bet you, if anything, congratulations to the new Mister and Mrs. Uh, Lynch. Yes, Mister and Mister. However they want to present themselves. That's all up to them. But um, it's just that the women's match, it was just amazing. Um, Also, fuck that person who threw that water bottle. And they're lucky that they were in the country they were in because if they did that shit in the United States where, like, the actual, like, people could and I'm talking about people like the backstage or any of the wrestlers could have like beat your ass like they would have. So good luck for you for doing that in a backward ass country. The disrespect Um. that Natty and Lacey got shown because they both got water bottles thrown at them. 
and then the disrespect that people were laughing about it online. Like, that is someone's mother, that is someone's wife, that is someone's daughter, cousin, niece, who the fuck ever. Like, you, that, that is, I don't, I don't fucking care who it was. And, like, people don't seem to get it, because they're just like, well, why didn't Sasha go? Why didn't I go? Why didn't Tamina go? Because, you know what, just be happy we got two women in the show. Well, when I was asked that, I just was like, well, why can't it be Lacey? And it should be Natalia. Like, what is it? I, I, I never understand why it has to be certain people to do certain things. Because Natalia's been there for over, she's been there across two eras. Now she's in the third era of wrestling, of the WWE. And you, you're like, well, the new person's here, so let them go because they got more popularity. No, Natalia deserved to have that moment. And I'm glad that they gave it to her. And I was fine with Lacey going over there. I think Lacey was the perfect choice. I don't have it. The match wasn't meant to be a showcase of how great both performers are, which in their own right, they are great. The match was meant to, to make history, and that's what they did. So I'd rather it be somebody like Lacey and Natalia. Because they deserve it, too. They deserve to have accolades, too. Can't give everything to Charlotte, Becky, Bailey, and, um, um, what's the other girl's name? Sasha? <laughs> the other girl's name. At some point, you gotta let other people in. Otherwise, we'll be right where we are now, where everything is about them, and we're not getting nothing different. And you will still be in complaining. My big thing is, it's like, why are you complaining that, be happy that we, like, we as wrestling fans were lucky to see this opportunity happen, because we were thinking for the longest time, we are never going to see women wrestle in Crown Jewel. Now, if they do, if it happens, and we'll get into that maybe why it will never happen, but we can at least say we've seen it happen. And I did not see this kind of disrespect get thrown to Alexa Bliss and Sasha when they went to Abu Dhabi and wrestled the first time there, too. I did not see them get that much shit as uh, Lacey and Natty. And you know what? I just, no. Big fucking standing ovation for both of them. Like, Lacey's, Lacey's improving so much, and I think she needed to go against somebody like Natalia for her to, to, for her to get better. Her character is on spot. Like, there's no denying she is her character, even on Instagram. I mean, hell, she was in character when she got pulled over by a Canadian cop for speeding. And she stayed in character the entire time. But this was, like, maybe their way of saying, okay, if we are going to push her and get totally behind her, we need to put her with somebody like Natalia, who will make her, who will pretty much force her to wrestle better. Because at this point... We, we saw the flaws when you guys went at it the first time. So work with her and get her fucking good. And she's like someone like um, like Akira Hogan and um, Impact. Because when she first started Impact, I was like, ooh. 
and I do, and I like her a lot. She's really good on, um, she's good on WoW, but she, like, massively improved, and she keeps getting better and better and better, and Lacey's the same way, where it's, like, her character work, and honestly, you could kind of say that about MJF. Like, character work is on point, but in-ring stuff needs some work. And she, again, she's at least ahead better than what she was when she first started. Agreed. But it's also, not to point some fingers at certain people, but it's like, if this person could improve, what's your excuse of being still work? We're talking about people whose names rhymes with Malexa Dis. Oh. So. That's just my opinion. Also, I just liked, I just loved how they presented themselves. Because obviously when um, they interviewed Natalia and um, Lacey right after, obviously found out what happened. Um obviously um well that's the one thing a lot of people notice that she gave that interview out of character and that's like damn near something that she never does never very 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 never like she's never out of character and then which i saw a lot of the comments under that and they were like this means more because she's so in um like in her character that she doesn't do this so it's great to see her give like give this outside of character because it shows how important it was. Not only her doing that, but just how she presented herself when she came out. Like she came when she came out, obviously like they had a they wore what they wore. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like her hair wasn't like overly coiffed like it does. Like she barely had any makeup on. Um, her hair was yeah, her hair was messy. Just how she looked was just like how she looks when she shows like snippets of her like working working on her farm back home and stuff and i just think a lot of people missed she didn't come in as lacey evans she just came in she came as herself because she knew this was bigger than her so she's not going to show up as a character she's going to show up as herself so she can completely take herself out of it the emotion that Lacey and Natty shared, oh man, I'm tearing up just thinking about it, shit. Um, the, uh, just them hugging and crying in the ring, and like they showed clips of women and little girls in the audience, and I'm just like, this probably means the world to them right now. Like they are finally being represented in this country, at least women, like women wise, they are. And I'm just like, you guys can do this. You just gotta. We're talking about women revolution in WWE. You need to have a women's revolution over there, man. Because this is this has got to stop for you guys. Yeah, and not only that, it's also um, it was just the emotion, and also um, Grave Corey Graves and uh, Michael Cole got choked up, like they stopped talking for a minute. I just, I just love how supportive they were because the whole time, while they kept saying was, "This is history, this is history," this and they, they even, the Corey even broke character. He wasn't, you know, building up anybody as a heel or a face or anything like that. He was actually calling a match, 
and, you know, they got a fucking standing ovation, dude. And then the tweets that came out afterwards from, like, all the wrestlers, oh, my God. That yeah, was, and it was, um, I it was like, from all across the board, too. Yeah, it was from everybody, people in indie shows, even Chris Jericho gave some props, so those women... The one that Scott Dawson tweeted out about how he's like, earlier today, I told my little girls that they can do anything they, they want to do. And like, that's just, sorry, I'm getting, I'm getting emotional again. God damn it. I'm okay. I'm okay. <laughs> it's, you know, like seeing that and it's just, I want this is what they needed, and I'm just really hoping shit turns around for the women in that country sooner than, than later. Well, I'm going to be realistic. I don't think it's going to be sooner. It's, it's going to be later, but I think I think that certain events that have taken place have motivated people to want change and to make changes, but it's going to be a long road for them. Just like it was still a long road for everybody else, especially when it comes to the women. We got it hard, but it's easier here in the States. But you go over to Saudi or you go to India or any other country, women are still oppressed. They're still light years behind us. So all you do is hope and pray. The uh, the, the sad thing is, because there's this, there's this page on Facebook, it's called History and Pictures. And they showed countries like Saudi Arabia and Afghanistan and Pakistan, like back in the 50s and the 60s. And they were modernized. Like women were wearing like, you know, Eastern culture clothes. They, you know, they were wearing makeup. They were wearing heels. And then they had that revolution where they just, where everything went to shit over there. And I was just. Everybody Everybody has a regression. We have ours. They have theirs. You just have to will out and push forward. Yeah. yeah. You just gotta, gotta hope for the best for them. But because of that Saudi Saudi show, um, mm. there was travel issues to say the least. So that leads us into SmackDown Live for this Friday. So after we discuss SmackDown, we're going to go more in-depth with the Saudi situation with um, more so with Tiffany. Well, I have been researching, but I feel like she has the most well-rounded research, obviously, for it. But long story short, in this portion, there, um, because of the travel issues, almost no one made it to... Saudi or um, not bad. No one made it to was able to make it back to Buffalo, New York for SmackDown. So obviously there was a panic, and it wasn't even just it wasn't even just wrestlers. Obviously, it's um, people who work backstage, it's refs, it's commentators, oh. it's ring announcers. It was, and then I didn't realize how many people were gone. Until mm-hmm. I was like watching, and then it was really cool seeing like the backstage stuff and seeing how there were. I can't think of his name, but he is the blonde ref that's been there for forever. He's older. 
Yeah. You know who I'm talking about? And literally. he was literally, and there's like, and they were showing someone like took a picture of him like setting up the ring. Mm hmm. And there's like people who like never really like produced, produced, but was like on hand being a producer. And you have um, Kayla Braxton, who hasn't ring announced in forever, she said, mm -hmm. ring announcing. You have um, Kathy on on TV. You have um, you had um, Aiden English very briefly. And then we'll, I'll go into why they switched them. But they have like <laughs> Pat McAfee on commentary. They had Renee, Renee back on commentary. And mm -hmm. it was just like... And also, um, I think all of the all of the refs except for one were, were NXT. Um, also, one of the refs was NXT ref too. Yeah. So it was like, and I heard, I read that people, I guess they they got in five minutes before show start. Eleven fifty-five is when they got there. That's why they were like, Shayna didn't really have any ring music because they literally would just like go out there. Yeah, but that worked for her though. Yeah. But that, and that's what set the tone for the whole night. And we were all sitting, I was sitting in the house and I'm just like, what the fuck is this? What are they doing? And then uh, it, it, it kept happening all night. And I was like, these motherfuckers really invaded SmackDown? That's some bullshit. And it's it was like, they had like, like, obviously when Survivor Series goes around, and I probably should have mentioned this when we were talking about on the Saudi Blood Show, but um, they announced during the middle of it that <laughs> um, Survivor Series this year would be NXT versus SmackDown versus Raw. Okay, so... Nicole and Alexis and I have been talking about this since earlier this year. And when that, this is how I know people are, are, are stealing our shit, okay? I, I accept checks, Vince, but um, cash is key. I want a whole ass fucking bag. Fuck that. I've been saying that for about a year, at least a year or over a year. I said, Survivor, there's, I was like, especially, I was like, Especially once we we were we I we started hearing rumblings about them going to the USA network. I'm like, so they technically should just be a third brand. Do you, I was like there is no reason that they shouldn't do an NXT and Survivor series. I'm like that would be fucking insane because they're already in town. They're already going to be there for Takeover. I selfishly wanted to see it because I like cause I love Survivor Series. That's like that's one of my favorite pay per views. That's one of my top three WWE pay per views is Survivor Series. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, I was just so I was so fucking mad. I'm like, you just jacked my shit. You get fresh ideas, I guess, but like that's kind of fucked up. Like, at least hire one of us. Like, shit. Get <laughs> Right. Give me a chance. Do something. So, what did? What was I gonna say? Fuck. Lacey's on my TV, so that's sorry. I've been watching her. Um, what did? What did? What do you guys think of the invasion angle? I love it. 
They've done it before, but the way they did it this time, it just seemed like it was it was an assault. It was like a wounded animal is out there. We need to take it out now. And that's how they approached it. It was very subtle. It wasn't obvious. It was subtle. We saw Triple H back there, and we saw Shawn Michaels back there. But I assume they were there just because SmackDown was out of sorts. So I didn't think anything of it. And and then you start seeing the small buildup to the assaults you get. Bianca, Bianca dismantled Carmella and Dana easy. It was like it it was a mess. They whooped their ass. And then at the end, you had Cole and Brian in there fighting. That match was so good. And Adam Cole was taken to the task that whole match. There was not a moment that Brian let up on him. He had him every angle he got. Even when he started to get out the blocks, he was getting beat down. There was nowhere for Cole to go. He happened to get a spot at the end because he scouted out Brian enough to be able to win. But realistically, if you didn't know that Adam Cole was, you know, if we didn't know everything we knew and we just started watching it, you assume that Daniel Bryan could have been NXT champion. Because of how that match went. And it was just... Contender for match of the year? Hell yeah, because it was a good match. I watched that match again. And I usually don't watch matches. But that was a good match. Yeah, and, and the thing is, because I rewatched it, I rewatched it twice. The thing is, is like, like you said, like we said, like they literally got there five minutes before show. SmackDown is a very short show. It's right. two hours, and that match was the last what, like, let's say thirty minutes, because I'll encompass Triple H coming out with the rest of the roster, and then we'll talk about like the other couple stuff that they did. But it was so you think about it like they they had literally no time to prepare and they put out this great of a match. It just shows how good of a wrestler they both are. Yeah. Right. Because the match with Chomp and um the Miz was Bachi, but it was Bachi because they had never wrestled each other before. And those kinds of things happen. So when you think about how Cole and um, Brian were able to have a match, and that shit just was off all off the cuff. There was no practice, and there was nothing. They just went in there and was like, okay, let's do this. Like, you you got to understand the, the power behind how great that is. Because you got to be good to go toe-to-toe with somebody like Daniel Bryan. Cole is good. Cole is a good wrestler persona wise technical everything he's he is damn good to be able to hold his own like that in the ring with a technician and a submission specialist like that you get my vote they, they did an awesome job can can we just talk about Rhea Ripley's strength because right now I'm crushing on her so bad the way she manhandled Mandy. I don't know the name of that move, but that's a mission hold that she put her in where she had her arms it's a something. The it's a something cradle they called it. I can't think of the name. It's fucking insane. I love I it. Saw, 
and I was fucking screaming, just you like, oh my god, like. And then Renee got kicked in the face, and she was so bad. <laughs> she kept wrestling too. It was, it was so bad. bad. I was like, damn. Like, I hope she don't have a black eye, but Song has kicked her in the face. It was an accident, but she kicked her in the face. Also, it was so funny that um, Renee was a heel commentator, and I was like, wow, they really missed the ball with that. Yeah. I noticed that when she was talking all that stuff about the Miz, and I'm like, hold up, wait. Wait a minute. Didn't he just talk like mad shit about you and your husband like not even a year ago? And now you're just like, he's one of the best wrestlers out here. I'm like, wait a minute, what? It's so it's so cute, Renee. <laughs> but yeah, it was but her, she was she was so good yesterday. Pat McAfee's really good too. Um, obviously he was very green at it, but he was I, funny though. I liked him. Wanted to slap him too. It was hilarious. He was cracking up when um Bianca out Carmilla and Dana. He was over there rolling. She was like, "You think this is funny?" He was like, "Yeah, it's hilarious." <laughs> uh, I, I I just want to say this to WWE production: like you guys stepped the fuck up. Like you knew you had. You were doing phone calls. You were making all this shit possible to make sure not only the people who paid money to be entertained when they went to that show, but the people watching it on TV as well. No, them, lo- is- them people low-key got a better show than they were originally going to get, honestly. Yeah. Um, for the most part, um, Triple H and Vince were at the head of this particular show. Um and I, I'm assuming that they just thought it was like, hey, we need to for We need SmackDown to go off without engaging people to be there. Um, he probably came up with some kind of plan on the plane ride and informed everybody on what they needed to do. And they wanted it. And then when they executed like that, it's or nothing in form. Like, and then that was one of the highest rated shows. Mm-hmm. That's a shame because then that, that tells me that whatever you're doing normally is not right, and you're having problems with making sure that your normal your normalcy works out for you. Because people are going to expect what they got Friday; they're going to expect that, and we're we're not going to get that. Exactly. My, I, well, I was told, told you guys this before we started recording, but I noticed there were some people online, and I know it's probably left over because I watched that whole stupid WCW, ECW invasion thing happen. Um, a lot of, some people, and y'all don't, please don't come for me. I'm just reporting on what I saw, and I, I kind of slightly agree on it, on some things, but um, a lot of people were saying they were forcing it, forcing NXT too much. Like, they got involved with every match. You knew none of the NXT guys were going to lose to the main roster guys. I don't know if it's just people pulling straws or whatever, but I I, kind of, I sort of kind of agree with them. Please don't come for me. I'm ducking the stuff you guys are about to throw at me. No, No, I I get it. No, I, I disagree. 
I, I truly and honestly do. There weren't enough of SmackDown guys in the back for them to make it like a viable fight. So if I could understand if everybody was there, then I could be like, okay, you know, that, that might be plausible. But there was nobody there. I just, I mean, like, I think some, some people were saying, like, you know, um, uh, what was a good one? Like, I like that Keith Lee and um, Matt Riddle showed up. I think that's the first time I've ever seen Matt Riddle wear shoes. And they were those no, he had slides on. He always, wears, he always wears those slides. He just kicks them off. That's, like, yeah. the thing. Well, I, yeah. I, I don't pay attention to his two shoes that much. I just see when I'm when he wrestles, he wrestles barefooted. I'm just like, boy, where's some shoes? Your feet are going to get jacked up, like, majorly. Um, but, like, some people were like, okay, you know, the Keith Lee uh, Matt Riddle thing, where they, they punked Sammy, that was kind of cool. And then, you know, um, Bianca basically like, body-pressing Carmella and then throwing her over the, the uh, boxes and shit, that was cool. But they're like, did we... Did we really need like NXT guys getting involved in every match? And I'm like, I can kind of see it because like, you know, so, and then they were complaining that it should have been Triple H and Brian. And I'm like, okay, that I don't agree with you on. The fact that Brian lost clean, there was no outside interference from Triple H. There was no outside interference from other NXT guys. He lost clean. So I think that's why it made it even more of a better match. Because if Undisputed okay. Eric came out and started punking Brian, that would have been like, okay, why am I getting shades of of the invasion angle here? Okay, well let's 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 change the narrative. Okay, so let's say it's more of a balance between NXT coming out there and let's say I don't know Mandy Rose and uh, Sonya were able to beat Tegan and um, Rhea Ripley, and then. You had, um, there really wasn't a lot of matches. So what you saw was an invasion. That That's that's what that was. But let's say it was more of a balance on the show. It would not have the same impact that it has now if it balanced out. It wouldn't have the same impact. So it wouldn't work. It would not have worked out in their favor. Yet, this is the point that I was um, trying to make to somebody who's on my page saying the same thing. You have to think. If I'm a cerebral assassin, when is the best time to attack? I'm not going to come at you at your best because you're going to be able to respond at your best. I'm. Thank you so much for sticking it out with us at Down for the Count. So we're just taking a little commercial break to let you guys know that we are on two social media platforms, Instagram and Twitter. You can hit us up there with any news that you want us to discuss, any topic that you want us to discuss. We got you. Just send it to us. We are all for people. Well, sometimes. Sometimes. (laughs) Anyway, so make sure you guys stick with us at Down for the Count, and we're going to continue on with our show. I'm going to attack you at your weakest point, and that's what they did. It wasn't about dismantling SmackDown. It was about making a statement that we're going to come at you 
all with everything we got. And if it means we have to take you out when you're at your lowest, we will do that. It was it was a mind fuck and it still showed the dominance of the team. That's what it was about. And I think a lot of people are just it's going over people's heads like, well, didn't get any didn't get any down. And it's like they weren't supposed to. If only them were there, that shit would not have gone down that easy. So it, it was meant to showcase NXT, but also it was meant to show how they were willing to go about this. They are not going about this fair. They are going as candid as possible. Yeah. I mean, I like I said, I kind of agreed, but I disagreed too, because, you know, this is what I like about Survivor Series, because, like, I'm trying to think of, like, I'm watching I'm watching that clip again where Mandy is in that submission by Rhea and I'm just like she is ma- that woman was screaming like legit screaming and I I'm living for it right now <laughs> like China would China would be so proud of you Rhea um tossing like, bitches you, you and you know you got to think about this like what was it last year or the year before that for Survivor Series where SmackDown invaded Raw like Every single show leading up to to um to Survivor Series and then like yeah, like literally they showed up every fucking week, <laughs> messing up something. And then like mm-hmm. SmackDown, the go home show before Survivor Series for SmackDown, Raw invaded, and it was just absolute fucking chaos because you had that's when Kurt Angle was the GM, and you know he was like directing the troops and the shield was there and then like Rhonda's leading the charge into the women's locker room like because they show the, the women's and the women were getting fucked up like they were like beating the shit out of each other and like you know and that was iconic because like that Monday beforehand that's when Becky got the the broken nose and she's standing in the crowd and she's holding her hands up and there's that icon now iconic shot of her with blood coming out of her out of her face and I'm just like, see, this is what Survivor Series is supposed to be, man. It's like, it's full out war. Like, <laughs> I always love, I think I would always, um, just that shot of her, I think obviously that's going to be a huge wrestling retrospective, probably like 10, 15, 20 years down the line. Like, like that's one of those things where it's like, there was like, you. that's when you can tell there was a shift. Like where yeah. where where were you when Becky Lynch got did that pose? Yeah. yeah. And I was like, that was I remember that because I was also that was I was on my birthday because that raw was on my birthday, and it was like I was just like not I did not have a good day. Also, well, it wasn't because of that. It was also that was the day Stan Lee died, so I was just like depressed on my birthday. So I was like, my friends are like, oh, let's go do something. Let's go do something. I'm like, I really don't want to do anything anymore. I'm just going to sit at home and watch Raw. I think one of my friends made me go out to eat earlier. But I was like, I'll go out to eat earlier. But I just want to, like, sit at home and chill for us at night and, like, drink wine. And that's what I did. And I was watching that. And because, so, I stream Raw. So I had it for... Um, so it didn't get censored in when I watched it because I watched it. Um, I watch it through Sky Sports. Sky Sports is and um, 
is based in London, UK, whatever, that whole, those, the British people. And so that didn't, so that didn't get censored, thank goodness, because I would have been upset if I didn't see that. So I was just watching that, and I was like, oh my god, this is freaking crazy. And I was like, yeah, Survivor Series. But yeah, like Tiff said, like, this is very on brand for Triple H. He's like, I'm going to sneak in now, and I'm going to just start dismantling you from the grip so you can't get a leg up. So I'm just going to keep clawing and keep clawing and keep clawing. But can you imagine who might show up on NXT, though? Oh, jeez. You see, that's that's the beauty of this particular attack. Because now... We're we're all speculating what's gonna happen next. You know, they got three weeks to stretch this out. So I was thoroughly impressed one with the way they scrambled to pull this show together. It wasn't messy. It wasn't sloppy. It was clean cut. You know what was going on from the beginning. We saw Brock Lesnar quit. And then you see Triple H kind of weaseling and sneaking his way in. All of a sudden, the slow shift of NXT dismantling the show starts to happen. And that's when you know, okay, this is about Survivor Series. Right. It, it, it was such a pristine show from beginning to end. And that's what we've been asking for. Just tell the damn story. Have good matches and turn it off. That's all we want. And I'll, it's just it's just the potential that they have, like, and also kind of what I also liked about, and also this is kind of unfortunate, when you think about it, they did this when the main players are gone. Correct. Pretty much, besides Bailey. When you think about it, Roman's, Roman wasn't there. Um, no. Nakamura isn't there. And then I'm assuming they're going to pop up on Raw. So say, so that's what I'm saying. Like they did it. So that's when I think that's what they should really start off with on Raw. Like the actual, like the Raw superstars is like, so y'all going to come up here with like the actual people are here. Like, like Becky and the OC and whatnot and all of those people. Right. One thing that I was talking about on the live Saturday, not to cut you off, but the main roster people weren't there. They were able to run that show without them. And that is a key element to this because that explains and it further moves the narrative that you don't need Roman Reigns and Braun Strowman and um, Kevin Owens and anybody else to to run a show. A show can be great without them. And you just, they they have to trust in their superstars and they're not doing that. So for them to put them on TV and they're on what you would call the indie style show and they're not on the main roster, they're coming on TV wrestling and they did it with ease. It was no problem for them then you should be able to do that all the time. Facts. Like, Facts. probably, I'll be honest, when this was leading up to that to the Saudi show, I think one of the favorite matches I liked to, I was watching, what was it, the Raw beforehand, was the OC, and I'm going to get a lot of shit for this, 
OC versus Lucha House Party because I really, I thought that was just a really good style change. And the Lucha House Party, if you get past the goofiness, the, the athletes are really freaking good and they should be on TV. Like, you know, I know that that tears away from conversation, but it's like you you don't have to keep shoving the same people down our throats every single day or every single show. I it's agree. A, it's almost like oh, a rotation. Oh. Here we go. <laughs> I said it. I said it so no one can come for you. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, so it was just it was just good. And I'm excited that I get to watch this. I haven't decided if I'm going to go watch because I I bought a ticket to um Takeover slash War Games, um but I didn't buy one for Survivor Series because I was like even if I don't go to it, I was like I can find it's Chicago. I was like I could find like a really cool watch party. But then now I'm like oh, I probably gotta probably gotta go so i think <laughs> you guys know you're always more than welcome to my house and we can freak out together <laughs> so i think i might buy a day of ticket here's, yet. here's what i'm looking forward to see all this is going to happen so nxt keeps doing its thing raw and smackdown get sick of it they invade nxt and then and you think there's that camaraderie, or however you pronounce that word, um, <laughs> like uh, that relationship with Raw and SmackDown. And the next thing you know, Raw and SmackDown are just going to start fighting. So I just see like a huge brawl just breaking out with all three, uh, all three shows going at each other. And I just can't wait for that. That's how they need to, if like they need to do that. Like if it's the Go Home Friday show before Survivor Series. Just think about it. NXT invades SmackDown. SmackDown's holding up, and then Raw comes in. Raw helps them beat off the whoops, uh, chase off NXT, and then SmackDown <laughs> and Raw just start beating the crowd at each other. Like I think that would be kind of cool. Agreed. And if that happens, Triple H, slip me a DM, and I'll tell you how much my payment is. <laughs> I'm hoping. This is just me with my hopes, dreams, and wishes. So what I've also noticed, um, Mandy, like, right after it happened, like, Mandy talked about, like, in her interview, like, well, at least I still look better than all those girls over there. And she had a tweet about it. She also tweeted about it, too. Again, I'm still the best-looking person regardless on all boards and then I then a bunch of other superstars are like commenting on it and um like retweeting it and stuff and I was like please 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 let Scarlett come back come please that would be the perfect time because I want to see Scarlett fuck her up so bad (laughs) and show her how a real bitch does it yeah, I'm just so come out and just whoop her ass, and then put her shoes back on and go <laughs> go flounce off somewhere. I said I would do. Take my heels off, beat her up, put them back on, go walk off, go enjoy the rest of my night. I can't. She's like, I gotta go home to kill a cross. Baby's waiting for me. <laughs> 
but mm. yeah, it was just it was just a good all around show. But because of that show, mm-hmm. we have I don't know what they're gonna call this is like this is going to go down in one of the most one of the other infamous um WWE stories like such oh. as like the why can't I think of the the screw job and the Not plane right in the plane the the plane ride from hell and yeah. it's just one of those stories that's just gonna be like again in wrestling retrospective like like 10 50 years about now it's just gonna be like what the fuck and this is this this is it Uh it's like it's crazy it's just it's so crazy like it's it's not funny it's not the it's not a funny situation but you guys just have to laugh about how absurd it is yeah and, and then how stupid WWE was in some of these instances. It just, yeah. you were warned so, the point. Like, you were warned yeah. of this and you did it anyway. So, Tiff, do you want to lead in and talk about what's going, like, sure. the gist of what you got from information you got from this? Sure. So, um, yesterday, um, we, I saw a bunch of articles about the Saudi show, about leading up to the um, their issues with their flights. At first, the story came out that the flights were delayed, and that's why the superstars couldn't make it back. Um, that was Saturday. Sunday rolls around, and then more information is coming out, and it's actually saying that the superstars were kept from boarding the flights. Mm-hmm. Now, I decided, okay, well, I need to find out more information to back this because it was coming from a source that I don't necessarily trust. And a lot of times they are more like TMZ where they'd rather get the information out rather than to have quality. They'd rather have more information and not quality of information. So I was like, okay, well, I need to find some other publications that are a little bit more trustworthy. When I was searching around, I found some more information, and there was one article that had a source that was, you know, had a direct line to people in Saudi, had a direct line to some people in WWE, and he just basically said everything on his podcast. What he said was, There was a discrepancy with the payments for the last two shows that the WWE put on in Saudi Arabia. The Saudis hadn't paid this um, for those shows. And the number that they gave was between $300 and $500 million that they were owed for these shows. That is half a million dollars that they could have possibly owed the WWE. That is a lot of money. And then you're still promoting shows and doing shows in Saudi and you haven't gotten paid. That's a red flag for me. If I hadn't got paid, nothing would have been promoted. The show would have been canceled. And Nicole said this last night when we were talking about it, the show would have been canceled. It would have been over because you are no longer trustworthy because your payment is no longer valid. You haven't paid me and I've given you a service. So it would have been done for me. 
But this McMahon, I'm assuming, was just like, okay, well, we've already advertised this. We need to go ahead and go through with it. On the word that the crown prince would eventually pay him. Now, this is where it gets murky because the crown prince sent him 10% of what he owed. I think it was like 50 or $60 million is what he sent. Um, and because they got that payment, I guess Vince was like, okay, well, you know, we're trusting that this is going to, they're going to finish paying us when we get there. Cool. Let's go over there and we're going to do our stuff. They got over there, and though this is my theory, because I didn't get to find any more research other than that, but my theory is that they obviously could not work out the payment while they were there, and this is where the issues came in. Vince McMahon cut the feed to Crown Jewel for the people watching it overseas, watching it there in Saudi. He cut the feed there. So there were things that they didn't see. The Crown Prince was upset. And because of that, he delayed the flights for the superstars to leave in retaliation. This all caused a firestorm of issues. You started seeing the superstars posting online, I'll never come back to here again, never again, we're not doing this again. I saw in some reports that there were military personnel on the ground at the airport. I can't confirm or deny that that's true, but it was in one of the articles that I found. Also, this all snowballs into their um, stocks. Now, if you don't know, the simplest explanation is WWE is a publicly traded company, which means they answer to someone else. They are no longer the only backer of their company. There are investors on the board that they answer to when things aren't going right. So if stocks go down, their dividends go down, and that's a problem, which has been happening. Ever since the brands officially split and SmackDown was sent to Raw, and you know Raw is on USA Network, even with NXT and 205 Live, the brand of WWE as a whole has been having an issue maintaining their stock portfolio. This was contingent on a deal in, in, in the Middle East that they could turn around their stocks. You have to understand, in the Middle East, that's a billion-plus people there. Sorry about that. That's my phone. <laughs> There's a billion-plus people there that could give them eyes, merchandise sales, um, purchases of their network, everything would, would, you know, boost the company. They lost that deal due to cash flow problems. The cash flow problems come from the Saudi deal not going through. It is all one big ass circle and it's causing issues with the investors, with his superstars, and even with Vince McMahon and their executive team. This is a major, major problem. Mm-hmm. And when you start talking about investors losing money and possibly wanting to pull out because they're not making money off of this anymore, that's a problem. That means your company is going to go down. And Vince can't have that, of course. One, it's going to look bad period. And number two, his livelihood is wrapped up in the WWE, okay? That's how he eats. That's how his kids eat. That's their family business. So 
after all of that, all of this information is out, the superstar started tweeting. Now, last time when I was talking to Alexis and Nicole about it, Alexis's issue was that, you know, Vince left him there because the rumor is that he took the 20 top 20 guys to go back to the States and he left everybody else there. He took the majority of the SmackDown people to go back to the States and I, I'm choosing to believe and I, I want to believe that that's fact and it was because SmackDown was Friday. They had to be back. So they put everybody on the plane that was supposed to be on SmackDown and they sent them back home. But it took a while for them to get back. And even they were late getting on the plane. So I don't want to believe that Vince is that cold-hearted and that selfish and that cruel that he would leave these American superstars in a volatile company who was definitely, I mean, a volatile country and they are not an ally of the United States. He knows that this will cause beyond issues with not just the superstars and their families, but with the country, because then the government has to get involved to get them out of there. So I can't believe he would be that dumb to leave them over there and just say, okay, they'll figure out a way to get home. No, I want to believe that he sent those guys that were going to SmackDown home and sent them to SmackDown. They didn't make it in time. And he was trying to find a way to get the other guys back home. But the crown prince was blocking it. He was having issues with it. I still don't know how they were able to finagle it so they could actually leave. But they did, and all of the superstars did make it home. Now the consensus is, Nobody respects Vince McMahon anymore. They're all upset with him and they feel like, you know, they left them destitute. I think that's a narrative that the dirt sheets are running with. I don't think that that's necessarily true. The reason why I say that is because if it were true, these superstars would be extremely vocal online about it. The Revival are very vocal about, you know, when they were ready to leave, they were like, we're leaving. We're not staying. We're top guys. We deserve better than this. They were on social media doing that. And they were still under contract with WWE at the time. I think if this was about Vince McMahon abandoning his superstars in the WWE inside Saudi, they would have voiced their frustrations online about it. Even um, one of the wives of the guys came out was just like, yeah, you're not going back over there. It's too volatile. You almost got stuck there. So if it was about Vince being a total dickwad and leaving them there, they would have voiced their frustrations about that. They would have targeted them for that. And they didn't. So I, I, also, I don't think that's true. It's just crazy. Um, also, there was this um, article um, popped up. AJ and AJ Styles, regardless of how anybody might feel, we might feel about how he conducts himself personally. And that's a whole nother thing. But um, he's usually he's pretty straightforward when it comes to everything. He's not going to be as he's, he doesn't believe in. If he's if something's going on, he's like he's a pretty out of like the wrestlers, like, you know, a lot of them, some quite a few of them like to sugarcoat things and make it seem like how it really is. And he's just very like straightforward and to the point, like he's not going to feed any bullshit. But um, he was. Uh, he was on his mixer stream and then someone asked him about the situation 
And he basically said that they got to the airport. They weren't let the board. They said they don't. They said heard it was something with the fuel truck, which apparently they kind of had issues with going there. So they were like, whatever. So and then they were told they were paperwork issues. And then they were like, okay, something else is wrong. And then they were told, okay, so by the time they apparently were trying to figure out the issues, they just told, they said the pilot's time um, time have shift was ended. So they mm-hmm. had, couldn't fly on there because the pilots had to go. So they just sent everyone to a hotel, hotel for that night or to hotel for them to sleep, which I, that, I does, that does follow because Humberto, and I think he, I don't know if it's still out, but deleted him, but he like videoed him like going to a hotel, like face planning on a bed. So that kind of, I was like, okay, so that kind of aligns with that. And he also was talking and then he was like, I'm, he's like, I'm not sure about that. This, that part talking about, and seeing if, like, the Crown Prince owed Vince money or whatever. But it was basically, like, I don't necessarily think they were, they obviously, they were grounded. But they gave them excuses. So they were just basically just, like, telling them bullshit. They weren't, like, held in gunpoint or anything. But they were kind of like, oh, this is going on, this is going on. They were probably just feeding them bullshit. Which, basically, what a- that's what AJ says, which I kind of think, that's what I think, in my opinion, happened. I honestly, I think, well, Brock had a charter, um, Brock had his own private plane. So that's why he was able to just be gone. Um, and then Seth ended up being like, you know what, my girl's in Dubai, I'm just going to buy a ticket and I'm just going to go there since she's already there. Simple enough. Um, I, and then Rick and this is a kind of messed up on Rick's part. So, like, and Rick and Rick and Hogan also went out on, I don't know if they went on Brock's private, I think they went on Brock's private plane, because Brock picked up Hogan. Apparently. Hmm. And so I'm pretty sure he just rolled back with them. So I was like, Rick, you should have just took Andrade with you. That's messed up. But whatever. Yeah, they, they, were, on, they were on Brock's plane because um, Hogan had issues getting out there. So Brock told him, he was like, hey, if you need a way to get there, you can just ride on my jet with me and Heyman. And if I recall, Flair was on the on there too. Yeah. So he sh- so Flair should have took Andrade with him. So that's messed up on his part. So, okay, that's another plane. So that's, that's a plane that's accounted for. Mm-hmm. And then Vince, obviously, he cannot not be at a show. He's like, I'm going to go, and I'm assuming at this time he figured everything's fine and dandy, put the smack people who need to be at the show or need to be out for contractuals, need to be up right away, need to go. So, so obviously, Roman, Roman New Day, Revival, Nakamura, and I can't think of who else was accounted for. And you probably think about, obviously, Kane, um, Kane and Tyson aren't going to sit there because they, they have prior obligations. Um, K- 
Kane needs knee surgery, so that he probably they probably like okay, let's put him on this plane so we can hurry up and get him down to Alabama or Arkansas, wherever fuck they make everyone go get surgery at. Um, Tyson Fury, they're not uh, no offense, but he has other shit he has to do. He's not no offense, they're not gonna have him wait around for the second one. Let's put him on a charter with the SmackDown dudes and the women and get them out of here. And then we'll just circle, and then so the other SmackDown, and, and so I think his consensus was, okay, the Raw people could just sit here for a, a sit here for a couple hours while they drop them off and have this. And then I think obviously probably once he was in the air, this bullshit with the money happened. But like I was, we were talking in the chat yesterday. If that was me, so he, so technically Vince hasn't been paid for like two shows. Right. Two, two, almost three shows now. That's a lot of money that's not accounted for. So if that was me, I would have, from the rip, I would have showed up, I would have showed up um, with my international business person, a, cu- a couple lawyers, and then I would have had someone had the nearest embassy on speed um, speed dial. I honestly wouldn't even taken anybody off the plane. I would have made them sit on the plane, like everybody. I was yeah. like, hold on, everyone's gonna sit on this plane. We're not. I was like, just I was like, just in case we're gonna do a turnaround. Same with the pilots. Vince is rich. He can pay somebody enough to sit on a pilots to sit on a plane until they figure it out so i've been like literally no no one's leaving except for me and these a a b and frank sam and whoever else is getting off we're gonna get off i want to talk to the crown prince i've been like if i don't get my payment for this i am going to go home and if he starts popping off i straight up out of been like i would have my lawyer outside call the embassy See, my big thing is just when all this when all this first happened, okay? Because just just from a business standpoint, we all know Vince McMahon does not like being made a fool out of. Yes. He does not like him him as a businessman being shown in any negative way whatsoever. He he has a very How are you liking the podcast so far? I hope you guys are enjoying it. If you have a topic that you think we should be discussing on Down for the Cow, don't hesitate to contact us. You can send us a voice message right here on the Anchor app, or you can hit us up on social media. Our Instagram is at D4TC underscore podcast. Our Twitter is at Down for the Count 19. And we'll be looking forward to hearing from you. Thank you so much for listening. And I'll let you get back to the podcast. Very, very fragile ego when it comes to that. But on the flip side of this, and I 100% agree with you, Nicole. If he had, and that's, and it's, I mean, it's not even a multi-million business like the WWE. It's anybody. If you're, if you have done a job and 
you're going to go, you keep doing repeat performances or whatever you do for a person. And you have not been paid for the first two. I wouldn't have even bothered to get on the plane. I would have been like, you know what? No, we're dealing with this now. I need this money up front before I tell my superstars to change their schedule around and to fly 20 hours to Saudi Arabia and then 20 hours back to the U.S. Because this isn't like flying from Tennessee to Chicago where it's like an hour, 23 minutes or flying to California or anything like that. This is halfway across. This isn't this is half this. No, this is completely around the globe. Okay, this isn't like no day trip. It takes a day to get there. So he should have handled this before they even had thought, before they even went back. Like, they should have done this before. They're like, yeah, you know, okay, you want a spec, but you still owe me money. Exactly. And honestly, I, and to even do this, I kind of would have been talking to him while we were in the air. Because if need be, I'm like, we're not landing there land app see if you could get clearance to land us at the closest the closest um country we'll land rest everyone get off let's rest for a little bit go back we're going back to the united states fuck that right and then or i'd just- have been like i'd have dropped them off somewhere and say i don't know, have a vacation for a couple of days be at work on monday and or friday right or, you know, volunteer, be like, okay, if we're not doing this, who wants to go on vacation and who wants to go home? Yeah. Because, you know, the thing with, with me sitting me sitting that thing about Carl Anderson and, and his wife tweeting that, and I told you guys this, those superstars going over there, their safety is in the WWE and Vince McMahon's hands. Saudi Arabia is a very volatile country. Is they tell people, do not come here for tourists. This is not good. I have a buddy of mine who's ex Air Force, and he said that was probably one of the worst places he's ever been stationed at. And they that their safety is in their hands. So yeah, they got like the guys in the private charters or whatever. They got the hell out of there. But what about the rest of them sitting there? If something happened to them while they're in that country, that's all on Vince. That's all on WWE. And I told you guys this, and I'll say it again. If I had a significant other who was traveling over there with WWE, if he was talent, if he was backstage, if they were production, if they were commentary, I don't give a who the – it could be the guy making sandwiches and catering. I don't care. If something happened to them while, while they were there in Saudi Arabia trying to get home to me and our family, and something happened to them, Vince McMahon would know my first, middle, last – name maiden name he would know my date of birth he would know my phone number he would have me blocked on his phone because i would be like basically calling it going this is on you this is on you what the fuck are you you know where where are you what do you mean you're back in connecticut what do you mean you're 10 hours away from the u.s where is my husband where's my significant other you know like are they okay have you heard from them like what is going on because the whole time i see we don't know we don't know what he did nicole that's why i mean alexis that's why i say you can't go to the extreme and say, well, he just left. He left in there and he had no care for them because that's the narrative that's being shot at us online via people who are getting pieces of information and aren't looking beyond what this, what they're being given. See, this is why I always say make sure you 
always research it fully because there could be a story buried in the mess of all of the drama that actually tells you the truth. We don't know if he was actually concerned or not. And I say, I still say he's a human being at his core. You can't tell me he's got guys over in a country he knows it's volatile and they could do anything at any given point. And he's just like, oh, yeah, well, they'll get home when they get home. Like, come on. Like, I, you've got to believe that he is not that much of a douchebag to the point where he would put people's lives at risk, where he would allow people to be injured. And he knows they have wives, they have children. 90% of them do. So what you got to think of, you got to be smart enough to know that he's not going to do something like that. He's not going to be that. Knows the shareholders would literally buy him out and just run the company because that is just, and that's what I said. I was like, I don't personally, I don't believe you up because even if he's like a completely heartless person, which you could argue that he is, and he probably is, but just from a business standpoint, how many fucking lawsuits he would have, period. Right. Like, it's he could have billions of dollars in lawsuits, and they would have been able to win, and that whole, the whole company would have went under. And I think he is in enough standpoint. I don't think he's just going to be like, eh, it's fine. Like, it's super casual. Just from legalities and just the, just the fallout that that could have had. Right. I just, I just don't believe that he was that, where he was just that callous with it. I don't believe that at all. I, I do think that he, he, he probably didn't think nothing of it because he was just like, well, we there, it's always flight delays and stuff. I don't think he knew what was happening, so he got in the air to go back home. I don't think so either. I think he, I think he was probably all well within the air. And then once they started popping off, because I don't think he, the prince would have done this stuff in a vicinity where Vince could have turned right back around promptly. So, I, I, so, the, so wait, the, the, so what? It's just now that we're, so this is what it just came down to is that the prince got mad because Vince McMahon told him pay up and this is how yes. he got back. To the, see, that's, he really got upset because he cut the fee to Crown Jewel. He cut the feed there. They were watching Crown Jewel and boop, it cuts off. <laughs> off. Which is petty. Petty. We will we'll submit that. He's the king okay, of I thought I thought I was thinking about it last night and I was like, okay, Vince McMahon's been doing business a long time. So something about him not getting paid for two past shows and then coming and working a show, not knowing if he will get paid, didn't sit well with me. And I was just like, you should have known better. No. Like you, there's that, something wrong with that. So either, he either paid that last, the debt that he owed and he owed them for this show and he never paid them or he paid them that 10% that people keep running around with, that 50, 60 million, and that was like a good faith payment. And he was like, okay, so maybe I'll get the rest of my money after the show. And when he didn't get paid, or while the show was going on, they were still trying to get paid. And when he realized they were dicking him around, he cut the feed to Crown Jewel. 
<laughs> so he's like, delay their flights, make it hard for them to get home. They got a show to do after this show, and it takes them 20 hours to get home. I think the problem is doing exactly what Vince did to him, but it was all started because they didn't get paid. They didn't get their money. I don't think 50, 60 million, that's just a lot of money to you and me, but it's like to Vince McMahon, that's absolutely nothing. Like, he wipes his ass with $1 bills. And I think it was just like, he was just like, okay, well, he paid us 60 mil, maybe he'll get us the rest. But I still logically, in my mind, Vince has been doing business too long to do it in this manner. Either he was not at the helm of what was happening, and he was informed later, or somebody else was handling it. He found out that it was going south like this, and he took over. That's what I'm assuming, because obviously he's not... When you have a company that large, you have... And like I said, it's like you have international business people. You have right. people who are in charge of... You have people who are in charge of regional business, especially with WWE. Then you have someone who's in charge of global and international business. So I feel like whoever was in charge of the international business was like this got way, way too much that above my head that you have to get get Vince involved. Which I think, honestly, as soon as they put, should they had problems, they knew this this probably would have been a thing. They should have told Vince right away. Because I think they waited okay. too long. Agreed. And it became, and it's obviously, and it's becoming more and more of a clusterfuck. And that's what, um, and this is just me being like working within like like a corporate man like working within like a corporate field. And this is what I've learned. You just even like and I'm even that high up, but it's just like just management wise, like if you feel like something is becoming above your head, you need just ask for help. Like don't be afraid to ask for help because you could you could be fucking up a lot of people's money. You become you could fuck up enough people's money that you can get yourself fired. True. So that's always what like I train people and that's like one of the biggest lessons I've learned. If it be, if it's too much, if it's looking like it's stop, be like, hey, contact this person like, hey, I think this is a thing where can we go from there and like brainstorm because I think they waited too long and became a fucking shit show and you and then Vince is a fucking hothead so he probably got told got mad and cut the feed yeah but yeah I don't get it I mean Vince Vince is a blood he is a cutthroat businessman he I mean look he he basically destroyed all the territories like, he, he took all their best talent because he, Vince McMahon does not like being made a fool of. I just don't get it. Even if they, I don't know. It's just, like, the whole thing with the money, it, it, it's making no sense. Like, okay, you guys. It, it makes sense to a certain extent. Tiff, can I use you for an example? Sure. All right, so, and, and I don't mean to cut in on you, Nicole, but. No, you're our girl. She makes some bomb ass suits, and she shouldn't make other stuff because her clothes are the shit. (laughs) Free promotion for you there, girl. All right, but 
seriously though, if like someone ordered, a, if someone ordered a really, say like they ordered like three suits, how what, how much would that cost if they just or they ordered three suits from you? I'd say three standard suits. Yeah, nothing special, just the standard. It's about six hundred dollars. Mhm. Okay. So you make they're like okay. Um, I'll take three three standard suits like this, like this, and you tell them six hundred bucks. So you get it for them, and they're like, well, you know, well, uh, I have two hundred for you, but I'll I'll or you know they'll they'll see something like I have I have three hundred now, I but you want the money up front because that's yeah, a that's lot. Not see, they, I okay. So just to put a pin in you for a second, mm-hmm. when you're talking about retail or a product-based business where you give me something of monetary value, I give you something back physically. That is different because I I am not going to trust any client that comes to me and tells me, well, I have 150 or I've got 200. Can I pay you later? No. This is, I have the product now. You need to have money now. For Vince McMahon, he's a service-based company, okay, technically. So let's say you go get your hair done and you go to the hair salon and you sit down in the chair and you get your hair done, but you don't have enough money to pay her. Like, I've seen hairstylists cut out hair when people get their hair done and they don't get paid. <laughs> this is well, no lie. Like, you don't go to a hair salon without money, dude. Like, come the fuck on. Because you, you can't work. You're not going to work for free. But my thing is sometimes in bigger business, especially global business like that, Sometimes they work on the word of the company. So if they trusted them, which I still say is crazy, if they trusted them, then they probably would have been like, okay, well, he said he's going to pay. It just seems odd to me that he would do that. That doesn't seem like normal behavior for him. So that's why I. You guys hear me? Yeah. I agree with Nicole and say, I, I don't think for a minute that he was aware of what was happening until it went to the end where it got, till it went to shit. That's when he was notified. I don't think he knew. Because if he knew, something just ain't right. Because he doesn't work that way. Crown Jewel would have been canceled before it happened. Yeah, because you know, he don't give a fuck. He, don't, he, he really doesn't he give a fuck. No, like, and also I think, and it's just, um, and it's also this, it's not like they haven't been paid for any shows. The first, this is what, like their sixth show there, sixth or seventh show. They're pretty deep into how many shows they've had. They've done quite a few. Yeah. And they've gotten paid for the first, like the first couple, but that's why I say the last like couple of ones that they haven't. So that's why I can understand them going and they will be like all right well he'll pay us later yeah but then i think that's why he like for super showdowns like okay whatever i think once for this that's when people are starting to be like okay like like come on by now like you're not giving us the money something's not right this is the end of the saudi deal this is over because if they go back they are risking their talent and they're stupid. Because he doesn't have the money to pay them. He never did. He doesn't. 
the country's technically, I forgot how much, I need to find that article, but it was, I think it was a Washington Post, it was like a week or two ago, and they're like a few million dollars in debt, a few hundred million dollars in debt from somebody. I'm like, mm-hmm. this country is severely, I'm like, they don't got the money like they do. They do have the money, but they don't at the same time. They're not going to pay them. Wasn't this Triple H's deal, though? Like, he's the one who broke the deal? Yeah, because you see, they were trying to... You know he cussed his ass out on a plane. (laughs) I mean, mean, it's just like they were banking on the fact that they had, you know, money. Everybody thinks that Saudi Arabia, Baghdad, um, Afghanistan, they think they're all rich because of the oil they sell. But after after the events of 9-11 and after things started going haywire, most countries do not buy their oil from them anymore. So OPEC is going down and they're not making the kind of money they used to make. It is a very slippery slope, but they should have been doing that from the beginning. That's how you defund the issues with ISIS and all that stuff. Where do you think the money came from to fund it? It came from us and everybody else who was buying oil from them to keep the Middle East up, to keep them in, you know, to get them into the economy because they didn't have anything else to offer but the oil. This is just, I don't, if they go back, because like, like you said, I think last night, Tiff, this is a blessing in disguise. I don't, I don't think they'll, they'll do another show and if any and if they do nobody would want to go back there there was already a list of superstars who were like nah you know what i'm not going over there you know sammy can't step foot in that country kevin was showing you know kevin did a show but then he stood with his friend and you know daniel bryan's just like i'm not going john cena said he wouldn't go so i mean there were there was already this uh distrust in the ranks is that what the the old saying is like the troops were not happy and i mean no one's gonna want to go back i mean i don't i'm sorry but i wouldn't want to be stuck for 20 like uh, two days in saudi arabia when i don't want to be there (laughs) like no i want to go home i want to go sleep in my own bed i want to go see my family i don't blame you yeah, so that's what I'm saying, like, I think on multiple levels, because I think, again, Vince is not stupid, he knows ain't nobody gonna go, and then I know some people are saying, well, they can pull from NXT, um, NXT, he is not, he does not do anything, he has no, I'm not saying he has no control, but he doesn't do anything with NXT. Well, and NXT those people, is- And those people in Saudi honestly wouldn't know the only NXT person they would know was Mansoor only because he's from there. That's, he's from there. Everybody else, they wouldn't care. And they don't people, know. They mean, wouldn't they still, know. They still check it for Goldberg and fucking Undertaker, so they don't really know anything at this point. I was Shit. watching. Um, what was I? I was watching a wrestling video. I think it was um, Wrestling with Regret. If you have not watched any of Wrestling Regrets video, please go watch. I love Brian Zane. He's freaking hilarious. Um, he uh, he was doing like the Crown Jewel. He was doing something about that show, 
and they were asking him, okay, what talent do you want? And one of the guys they asked for was Yokozuna. And they had to tell him uh, that he's been dead for about 15 years now. See what I'm saying? So. They don't yeah. know anything. They still, they still is like to 1999, 1980. That's my hope. That's why Hogan went over there and got a freaking big cheer, because it's just like, and you know the the guys from NXT, they're not gonna they're not gonna jump, cause they're like some of those guys like Finn Bal, you know Finn's not gonna go, he would never he's he's not gonna go, uh, Adam Cole wouldn't go, Rhea Ripley can't go because not only is she a woman, she's you know, very, you know, scary looking woman, um. You know, Sonya can't go because she's gay. I mean, it's just like, I'm I'm not saying, you know, NXT, on her, send her back to NXT, but it's just like, you know, she no one's going to want to go, dude. And I'm surprised that anybody watches this on the network. Like, if it wasn't for the women's match, I think the only thing we would have talked about this whole episode was this damn fallout that's happened. Because it was better than, nobody watched Crown Jewel not necessarily because it's in Saudi, but because the shows are terrible. Um, but it's just, it's an added measure that nobody watches it because it is, um, it's in Saudi. Um, it's, it's a sad situation, but like I said last night, it's a blessing in disguise because they should not go back. It, it just shouldn't have happened. That deal needs to be dead right now. Which would which would in turn make force WWE to focus on their stuff. So their pay-per-view should improve. They should have all their focus on their shows because it seems to me like all of their focus was on the Saudi stuff. It was always, okay, the next Saudi show is coming. We need to plan for that. That's how they were structuring their shows. It was always centered around that for whatever reason. And it was just hovering over them like this dark cloud. And I'm, for one, kind of glad that it could be lifted and it, you don't have to worry about the Saudi show. That makes it easier for them to kind of spread out their pay-per-views better. It'll be um, a little bit more even across the board. I'm looking forward to seeing what they do. I hope, I would hope that they would they would use this to improve their show and make things better. But one can only hope. Well, this leads back to this, and then if you guys want to drop it, understandable. Um, didn't they just sign a new a new Saudi deal, though, before all this went down? As far as I know, the original deal was for 10 years anyway. Yeah. Um, so if, I don't, if they sign anything new, it really doesn't matter because the Saudis are the ones in breach of contract, not the WWE. So if they sign a deal and they say you're going to put on XYZ shows a year for this amount of money and they haven't paid them, the contract has been voided because they have breached it. It's their fault. So they can very well in this and still be like, oh, we put on a show and did not get paid. We're not going to continue to work that way. It's, it's not hard. It's relatively simple. They could end this now. And I'm sure the crown prince is upset and he's petty. So he's probably going to be like, we don't want them in our country anyway. He's going to do everything in his power to block them from getting anything there. 
So I would expect that to be over and done with. They should have never struck that deal to begin with. I agree. But they were trying to go global and expand, and they were trying to reach into a market where they knew there were billions of people that they could um, have as fans. They were already fans of old school WWE. They were trying to introduce them to new things, and they just they just got overzealous. Well, I understand they want to go global, but like go to places like Australia. Go to places like Japan. Go to China. Go to... Oh, Japan's kind of... That's... I wouldn't even bother going to Japan. I'm just throwing names out of other countries they could have went to. Somewhere that actually... That's that's an untapped market. Not really. I'm not saying it's untapped. Honestly, they could have went to... I would have went to fucking India. I would have went to Africa. Shit. Yeah. no pay-per-views on in there. They could have. It would have been a lot easier. And um, you wouldn't have as much pushback. You wouldn't have the issues. But then again, in India right now, the person who is over their government is an extreme right-wing extremist, just like President Trump is. So you may have had issues with that because people are politically charged. It wouldn't have been as bad as with Saudi, because Saudi is more like a dictatorship monarchy. But the global business is a tricky thing. It's tricky because you have to abide by this particular country's rules, their um, laws, and you have to, if their religious aspect is their ruling government, then you also have to abide by that as well. And in the States, a lot of women do business and they are, you know, heads of CEOs. That's why you don't see Stephanie a part of that deal because they would not have done anything with her because they don't respect women in that regard. So I would have been out just off of the fact that they don't respect their own women, they don't respect women period. Um, but that's just me personally. When you do business, you have to be unbiased and you have to be impartial. You have to look at it from a perspective of making money rather than looking at it for morality. In my own personal business, I don't do that. I look at it from both sides. I try to be impartial again with people. I try to be respectful of people because you don't want people to feel like they're ostracized because of what they believe or what they wear or who they choose to be with. You treat people with respect is the simplest explanation. And Saudi doesn't even treat their own people with respect. So I don't understand why WWE thought that they would treat them with respect. Money. Yeah, money doesn't gain you respect, though. Money can pay for things. It can, you know, make people, you know, want to do things for you because they want your money. But that doesn't necessarily mean that people respect you because you have the money. Like... Donald Trump has some money, but I don't respect Donald Trump. So Donald Trump can suck a big one. Well, I'm just saying, like you, you, you see people who are rich, you don't necessarily. I don't respect Jeff Bezos, but I fucks with Amazon heavy because I get my shit. Like I can order it today, and by by Wednesday I'll have it. Like <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But I do understand that. There's some ramifications to that turnaround time. People aren't getting paid properly. They don't get breaks. They're not getting able to eat. 
they're having to work overtime and not getting paid their money. It's a vicious cycle, unfortunately. Yeah, fuck that. Fuck that. But, I mean, just, I'm, I'm okay, if I was a WWE superstar, they're like, hey, guys, so we're going to go do a super show overseas, and then you can just hear the collective, ugh, coming from everybody. But they go, no, 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 no. We're going to Fiji. We're going to Bora Bora. We're going to France. We're going to Spain. Like they're going somewhere cool that they're doing. A, and like I know they do house shows over there, but can you imagine like if once a year? Bitch, if I went to Bora Bora, I'd have been like, I would have been already on the plane with bags. Bags. I, I would never come back. I'd be like, no, I'm just gonna do the podcast from here from now. <laughs> to Tahiti and go see some black sand and oh, I, I gotta go. Yeah, like why don't they do shows? I don't understand why they don't go to, I know they go to the Caribbean for house shows, but I was like, why don't they do like cool, like a cool pay-per-view here or there, like, That's like what the I was Caribbean punch. Yeah, like, well, like an outside, like an outside show. Yeah. Like one year do in France, one year do it in Portugal, one year do it in um trying to think of a country that's not under a lot of political siege right now um somewhere in south america where they won't get shot do it in mexico do it in you know do it in different countries certain parts of mexico certain parts of mexico uh go to i mean hell you know what go to a go to us here in the states go somewhere you never hardly go to go to fucking hawaii for wrestlemania one year because i'll guarantee to you i will take a week's vacation to go to Hawaii, spend the time in Hawaii, get nice and tan, have those drinks, surf, catch some waves, go to WrestleMania on Sunday, come back Monday. Like, I just had the best vacation of my fucking life. <laughs> or go somewhere where the market is heavy for wrestling. Because, I mean, that's the, that's the thing. They're like, okay, where is the market heavy for our business? Because you can't go to fucking Alaska for basketball when there's no basketball fans there that you know of so they go where they feel like the saturation for their business is occasionally because hell in a cell was proof that you can't have a pay-per-view everywhere um so i would i would find new markets to go in but i would also utilize the market i have you know your biggest fan base is in the states and you find out where the most fans are, where your most passionate fans are, and reroute your pay-per-views to go to those places. Like, usually, once a year, there's a pay-per-view here. There's always at least two in New York City, one in L.A. You know, they always have a pay-per-view in somewhere where the market is saturated for WWE fans. But if they want to expand their, their fan base, they have got to improve their product, number one, and they've got to keep up with what's what's already out there and what's hot. Right now, indie wrestling is what everybody is looking forward to and what they watch. Um, if I was them, I would be trying to have a decent working relationship with New Japan. I would be trying to have a decent working relationship with other indie um, wrestling promotions like MLW, Capital, um, the female, like, wild wrestling, Shimmer. I would do my best to foster good relationships with all of them because they have superstars that could be sent to the WWE and actually be great. But WWE is always focused on 
taking and cleaning out rather than pruning and replenishing. If I was them, I would destitute the indie storm scene. I would make it so that it was somewhere to tap into, but I wouldn't just like eradicate it in its entirety. So they're going to learn how to foster better relationships with other companies. A lot of companies have to learn how to do that. But WWE definitely needs to because if they don't, they will die out too. It, it is inevitable for businesses to either die out or evolve, and they have a choice. I would highly recommend that they evolve and just do better and have better business practices rather than worry so much about whether they are on top or not. Well, folks, that's all the time we have for today. And we made sure we ended the Saudi show episode on a decent note. Although the circumstances of that story are very bad and the the circumstances are still coming out, we're still getting information. It's very sad. And I would hope that eventually things would be done to rectify this situation, but also ensure that the superstars feel comfortable and morality is built up for them so that they are protected. Um, but on behalf of Alexis and Nicole, thank you so much for listening. We will see you guys in the next podcast. Have a nice night.